and we're off. Hi everyone, welcome back to the home spun yak. Kyle and I were just talking uh, alcohol. Kyle, would you like to introduce us to a particular alcohol that you uh, you mentioned to me just a little while ago? I would. Uh, this weekend, I, I did a little event out in Pittsburgh. And, I thought you were um, going to say Pittsburgh. I was like, dang, you went far. <laughs> a little event. It's real small, 10 people, <laughs> Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> went to Pittsburgh, and uh, I won't say the name of the establishment because people might uh, inundate this place with uh, only requests of this beverage. <clears throat> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so I did the event. It's like a big oyster social, socially distanced, of course. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I was pouring wine that paired well with oysters, and people bought a ticket, and they could go around outside and <laughs> and taste different oysters from across the state, across the uh, Outer Banks. I think someone was there from Maryland, maybe one from Charleston. Yeah. And uh, it's cool to, to taste those and see that there is a pretty stark difference between different types of oysters from different places. And, hmm. you know, I was there just pouring certain wines and People could order the wines, too, if they wanted them. But it was just a nice little compliment to what was going on. And then as soon as the event ended, um, I was hanging out with a couple of other wine reps from different companies who were also involved with the event. Mm -hmm. And we were just standing at the bar. And I noticed the, a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle um, just sitting there. <laughs> by his lonesome uh on the shelf and he in this place are uh has an amazing bourbon selection anyway um but i was very shocked to see that and then um one of the girls that was standing there another one of the wine reps asked you know how much is like a one ounce pour you know of this pappy Mm. And um, five dollars, six dollars. <laughs> yeah. How much was it? Twenty-five cent. Oh, well, I was expecting it to be higher, but it was thirty-five dollars, huh. which is high. Yeah. Obviously, oh yeah. You know, oh yeah. First. You get, you get <laughs> a like one a whole bottle board. for like a, of other <laughs> yeah, other bourbons. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You definitely could get a whole bottle for that at the old ABC store. But she said she had had this before in Charleston yeah. at a famous uh, restaurant that gets this sometimes and it was $90 for a one ounce pour there. Well, damn. So being my birthday week coming up, I decided to splurge and everybody else did too. And then we each got a one ounce pour because never in my life did I anticipate being able to drink this, this bourbon, um, because so, it's just so rare. So tell us a little bit about the bourbon. What, what makes it so rare? Like, what's so special about it? Um, well, a lot of, a lot of things um, make it really sought after in the market, not just for restaurants or retail shops, if they can carry. Obviously, North Carolina is a little bit different because 
all liquor has to be purchased at an ABC store and then uh-huh. they allocate it to restaurants first and then like the public can shop around and basically if if anywhere gets a bottle of Pappy in North Carolina it might be one bottle and then it's it goes to the top supporter of like maybe Weller or Buffalo Trace or something else like that. Okay, and, um, yeah. I've heard of Buffalo Trace before. <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, a lot of people get these, get Pappy Van Winkle by, you know, means of the black market or, you know, Facebook or, <laughs> you know. It's <laughs> a pretty stark difference. The black yeah. market or, well, you can get Facebook. it on Facebook as well. <laughs> In these little group chats online, you can find. Um, and, you know, if you're buying this from the distillery, which this is the 15-year version, they do like a 23-year and a, I think a 25-year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the 15-year, like if they sold it to an ABC store or like if they're in New York and a retail store could just buy, I guess, direct um, it would be 120 bucks for that bottle. Now I looked online in the secondary market, like now me buying it from that said retail shop in New York, like a legal way of doing it. I've, I saw it online as high as $3,500 for one bottle of this. And the 25 year has been, there's been as high as $16,000 for a bottle. Jeez. Wow, it's pretty pretty expensive to tinkle some winkle. <laughs> and I know, I know a guy who, um, like, was in contact with with this guy who had a bottle for like an entire week, just like never met him before. And they're like, he's like, meet me at this warehouse, like on the border. <laughs> on the border. <laughs> and he was able to get it for like eight hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, like a bottle. Wow. Um, which arguably is a good deal, I guess. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but it was kind of cool. I mean, I have the whole sort of story of this bourbon um, and can regale it to the folks. Oh, I would be happy to hear that. <laughs> well, uh, it's named after this guy, Julian Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. It was born in the late 1800s. Um, and he was, when he was a teenager, he was a, uh, he was basically a sales rep for um, this company, this bourbon company in Louisville called Weller and Sons. Hmm, okay. And uh, and then in 1915, he partnered up with a guy who actually purchased Weller and Sons because they were, I think they were like having financial trouble and um, basically took over distilling and went kind of in a whole new direction of like quality over quantity. Um, and even during prohibition, they were still allowed to, uh, make whiskey because of medicinal purposes. Oh, so they were, they're one of six distilleries in the whole country that was able to still be in business. (laughs) Yeah. So they, they, they didn't, you know, lose their business and they kept making and refining their, their product. Um, 
But yeah, like I said, he was the first guy to focus on high quality ingredients and production methods when everybody else was just distilling for quantity, just trying to pump something out. Mm -hmm. Um, Nobody had really done that in the United States before. Um, And when he was older, uh, everybody in the industry referred to him as Pappy. Uh, So that's hence the name Pappy Van Winkle comes from. Um, when he died in the 60s, his son took over and um, created a separate distillery and brand called Old Rip Van Winkle, um, <clears throat> which I think you can still buy that brand in certain places. But then um, his grandson, um, Julian Van Winkle III, <laughs> took over in the 80s after his dad died Um and sort of brought everything back to the basics. Like he found his grandfather's old uh, recipes and started um, to, <laughs> to keep all the, the bourbon he made um, aging in barrels for a really long time before bottling and releasing. So he kept a lot of it back in-house. And in 1994, he released the first ever 20-year-old bourbon under the Pappy Van Winkle brand which you see there. And that's actually a picture of his grandfather uh, smoking a cigar there. Pappy, Pappy himself. So that, that's the one that was, that had started the whole thing in 19 or bought it in 1915 or whatever it was. He started it. And then the actual Pappy Van Winkle label started in 1994. His grandson created it. Okay. Um, and it, like I said, it was the first time someone had released a bourbon in the market that was that old. Um, and it, it was probably a huge risk at the time because things like vodka and gin and things were marketed toward like nightlife and, I don't know, partying sort of um, were number one in the market. But this Pappy Van Winkle scored in 99 at the World Spirits Championship in 1998, and that's kind of when it became a cult, like massive following behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody wanted it at that point because it was recognized as the best, you know, whiskey in the world at that that time. Um, And so they still had the the Weller um, distillery that they were making it in. Yeah. Uh, until 2002 when it switched to being made at Buffalo Trace. So uh, are you familiar? You're familiar with Buffalo Trace, right? Yeah, I am, right. Um, and because of like, because it was made at Buffalo Trace, and it still is, um, and aged there, um, Buffalo Trace became a very hot commodity too, like, I can't go to the ABC store and buy a bottle of Buffalo Trace, even though it's like probably 50 bucks a bottle or so. If I were to be able to buy one, Mm -hmm. it just, as soon as it gets in, it goes to like allocated restaurants immediately. Um, And that was never the case before probably the announcement was made that, Hey, now Pappy Van Winkle, this Colt bourbon is now going to be made at Buffalo Trace. And Buffalo Trace is really good, obviously, yeah. but um, but it's no pappy here. It's no pappy, that's for sure. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so it switched to Buffalo Trace and, um, you know, people like uh, Anthony Bourdain um, ha have tried it on like his shows in the past um, and said like, you know, if God was a distiller of whiskey, this would be what he made. And like, <laughs> you know, comments from like celebrity people like that, chefs yeah. also yeah. probably increase its oh, I'm sure. value and prestige. Yeah. Um, but every November they release, you know, another batch of it. Um, One bottle. To, to be sold. Actually, it's tens of thousands of bottles. Um, I would just love for just... them to release nine <laughs> bottles in one yeah. bottle That's to rule them one all. One bottle. Yeah, to rule them all. <laughs> the Bourbon King. Um, but yeah, like I said, the 15-year, the if you look on their website, it's 120 you know, what they would sell it to direct to, you know, a distributor or something like that. And then um, the 23 year is about two forty nine ninety nine. Um, but like I said, the 25 year, <clears throat> I think it's about 300. And if you have a bottle, you can, if you attain a bottle of this, basically, you can flip it for an absurd amount of profit. So that's why a lot of people want to collect some that have, you know, been, they've been that have been made throughout the years. So mm -hmm. it's a, it's a pretty unique bottle. I mean, it wasn't like I, I tasted it and it was definitely like the most unique bourbon I've ever had. Yeah. I was going to ask you what you thought of it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's 53%. So pretty high mm -hmm. um, alcohol, but the burn, that you get is sort of masked by the the richness of it all and and they don't they haven't released the recipe obviously it's a family secret and um i think there's a big like attempt or maybe even a successful attempt at like an inside job at buffalo trace like a few years back to like steal like all of it like there's a really good episode on criminal that talks about i can't remember exactly what happened but it's like oceans 11 type shit really wow yeah <laughs> i do wonder but how they great. hold that stuff is it is it just based off of nda like you you just like if you work on that project you're just not allowed to discuss it yeah yeah you, i don't i feel like it's probably been the same people who have like made it forever but you know I'm sure if you work at Buffalo Trace, you have to sign something or I'm not exactly sure, but your soul probably. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely unique. That's what I'll, I'll say about it. It wasn't like the most mind blowing beverage I've ever had, but it was like, definitely, like I said, it's high alcohol, but the burn was, nice it wasn't like harsh like a lot are at that alcohol percentage mm -hmm. um and when you smelled it it was like creme brulee smell almost like caramel wow, like okay. vanilla yeah. it was really nice and then the the finish was like black cherry it was just crazy huh. um but yeah just a really cool and incredibly unexpected uh experience because like I said, I mean, I've known about Pappy and have heard all these stories and 
was just like, I mean, yeah, I'll never have it, but that looks cool. <laughs> like yeah. I just never expected I would ever try it. Like there's certain wines that, you know, I just know I'll never be able to have due to the production amount and the, and the price. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is as far as like cult bourbon goes, this is kind of at the top. I mean, I, you know, the experts are like, oh, it's like, you know, hyped up and everything and not worth the insane price and probably not the best bourbon out there, but it's still cool that I was able to try it. Oh, it's incredibly cool. Yeah. Especially with that history. That was really interesting. Yeah. Although I think also with experts in general, the, it, oh, yeah. it seems like within the expert world, you also have extreme contrarians. You, know, <laughs> you have a bunch yeah. of people that are like, yeah, clearly this is an amazing bourbon. Then you just have this like person like, who yeah. just wants to like validate themselves. And they're like, Nyeh. it's not really not as good as this <laughs> bottle. That's like $45. Exactly. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, he's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does come off that way but yeah it's oh, it's, it's really really cool um i was actually going to ask you related to what you're talking about with your um with the actual event um you said that you were giving out wine for the uh oysters mm-hmm. is there a particular wine that you pair with with oysters that you you usually think of when you're thinking about pairing with the specifically oysters mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah um you know, there's there's several different wines that would work. I mean, most particular, um, you know, you'd want to stick with white wine, um, but Muscadet is probably the f- most famous example. Um, and Muscadet is a is an actually is a is a place in the Loire Valley in France, um, and it's it's named. Let's see, it's the grape that they grow in that area is called Melon de Bourgogne, even though it's not in Burgundy. <laughs> it's in the okay. Loire, so okay. even more complicated. But it's like a more mineral, like salty, um, hmm. dry, but at the same time kind of juicy and fresh and crisp. And it just complements that salinity that you would find in an oyster. Hmm. especially a raw oyster, which is what they had. And, um, you know, champagne, dry, sparkling wines tend to go really well with them also. Um, and, yeah, I had a Sauvignon Blanc that was that people seemed to like with it too. So, like, dry, crisp white wines with some salinity and minerality would, hmm. would work just fine. And, you know, these wines generally are like, you know, anywhere from nine to 15 bucks a bottle. So super good, super complimentary with oysters and super affordable too. All right. Fast wine tips with Kyle Atley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are, what are you drinking now? We both decided to have oh, a yeah. drink. Uh, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you mine after you tell me yours. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm drinking, uh, I'm drinking some bourbon. That's actually from John Bowman Distillery out of Virginia. I've never and had it's that. Their, it's their single barrel. Um, it's 50% alcohol, but it's extremely hot. Um, as in like, you know, the heat from the alcohol is kind of overwhelming. So I had to 
put a little bit of water in it. I've had their port barrel aged um, bourbon before, and I actually like that one a lot more because it is a little bit smoother because of the port barrels. I like port a lot, a lot. Yeah, um, and you'll find that you know there's a lot of distilleries that love to use port or sherry barrels to age their whiskey in. It kind of gives it that smoother edge. Yeah, I'd love to try one of those. I've never had one. Yeah, um, I'm drinking Monkey Shoulder. That's 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 the name of it. Have you ever heard of it? Monkey. I feel like I've heard of it. I've never had it. I know. Yeah, it's an interesting bottle. Uh, it looks like the bottle looks like something you'd find on a, a pirate ship. Um, mm. The the cork and everything, and then the they've got these three monkeys that are on the the bottle, and it's just like shaped just like you would find on a on a pirate yeah. ship. But yeah, it's it's, it's pretty a overpowering. As well. Yeah, it's a bourbon, um, but okay. and it's it's again like yours. It's over fifty percent, so it's pretty overpowering in terms of like the the uh, alcohol hitting your yeah. your nostrils it's kind of yeah. um in terms of like powerful uh whiskeys I, i've i've always found myself partial to to wild turkey 101 which is obviously a really mm-hmm. plain uh whiskey but um i like it but i i just decided to try something else this time um and so i just found this at a random random store here and thought I'd check it out, and it got good reviews. So I tried nice. it, and I don't, I don't think I'm that massively impressed. But this is only my second time having it, so yeah. we'll see. All right. Well, cheers. Cheerio. <laughs> God! Oh, God! Woo! I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the. Everything that I find that I buy at like the ABC store, I don't know if it's different in Maryland. I'm sure you can buy it at, like at a grocery store. No, there's no alcohol sold in grocery stores. I remember when I first moved here, I um, I literally just walked around the grocery store for 20 minutes looking for the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and then eventually it kind of came two and two to kind of clicked in my head. Is it uh, so it's like it's like an ABC store or it is? Where you they have, have to buy all your- yeah, yeah. They have liquor stores specifically, but you can't buy like beer or wine or anything like that um, inside the grocery store. You also have to go to the liquor store for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, and that's a whole other like can of worms as well as how each state operates differently with alcohol laws. Yeah. I, I just yeah. How do you feel about that? It's incredibly complicated. Um. I don't know. I mean, it's just I don't know. I just feel like the state has their hand way too much in something that they maybe don't care enough about or know enough about. They just want the money basically, and uh it probably could be run a lot better just in terms of not only like you know, what, what you're able to get at an ABC store, the pricing that they put on it, um, how you're able to buy certain things. But like, you know, just like if you're a business and you're trying to register to be able to sell alcohol on your premises, like you have to get like three to four different 
licenses depending on like I want to be able to sell spirits I want to be able to sell you know beer and wine I want to be able to sell packaged beer and wine I want to be able to sell um, fortified wines which is port um, okay. and that's higher than like anything higher than like 14.9 or something percent um, is considered like you have to have a fortified license and that's like an extra amount of money you have to pay the state a year just to be able to purchase those wines and stuff for your business so they make it a little bit hard and they're not exactly the most timely of organizations to give you your stuff and make it easy for businesses to try to like get the ball rolling just because i've dealt with a lot of new places opening and they're just like yeah i'm still waiting on all these documents and certifications that i have to hang up on the wall before i can legally purchase these things and that's sometimes nice. yeah. the process can take a long time so <clears throat> there's just so many different intricate little laws just within north carolina and then you go to a state like New Jersey where it's completely different or Pennsylvania or something like that. So I don't know, probably all of these things are very dated and people just don't even want to sure. go down the road of interpreting anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I imagine a lot of it has to do with lobbying efforts to, I don't know, some like religious groups or, you know, like the, the ridiculous rules, like on Sunday, um, you can't, you can't buy it. At one point, recently oh, yeah. it got changed, but in North Carolina. But um, yeah. before it was what, like two o'clock or twelve o'clock or something. You couldn't I buy think it was alcohol. Noon and, I think it was noon, and then they changed it to ten a.m. Yeah, right. Just an arbitrary. Just yeah, you just can't buy it then. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's and as far as I know, that's because of religious reasons. Oh yeah. Um, well, on Sunday from twelve a.m. to twelve p.m., that's the Lord's time. Yeah, right. And you won't have alcohol in his time. No, that's why the state had to get involved because state and and religion are one and the same in the United States. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the South, <laughs> there's there's supposed to be this little thing called separation of church and state, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah so I, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of stuff creeped in over time, um, in a series of different states. You know, the different alcohol mm -hmm. laws and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get some, my hands on some good port. I've had port once in my life, and I really enjoyed it. It's just a, it's just a great tasting drink. Yeah, it is. It's incredibly smooth and delicious, rich, and uh, pairs really well with a lot of things really, but you know, a lot of people like to have it with tons of different desserts, different types of chocolates, even cheeses, um, things like that. So I can definitely recommend some options when you're about to go look for stuff. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you're my go-to person. The good for, thing about the good thing about port is that when you open it, um, because it is fortified, um, with spirits, um, you know, it'll last for, you know, upwards of a month, depending on what kind you get after you've opened it, even, you know, as long as you just like keep it in the fridge, put the cork back on it, 
um, you could sip on it for, you know, three, four weeks and it, it tastes just about the same. Whereas wine, it's like by day three, it's like, it's not the same at all because the oxygen has completely infiltrated and kind of diluted everything a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know, maybe next time, next time I go, uh, I'll, I'll hit you up and see, see what's, what might be a good one to get. Well, uh, something else I wanted to discuss with you is, uh, the NBA or not NBA, (laughs) NBA playoffs. And then I throw up a picture of the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch it folks. Uh, the NFL playoffs, as well as um, the most likely the retirement of Drew Brees. Yeah. Well, I definitely watched that game. I was, I watched you know pretty much every game this weekend. Uh, I wasn't able to watch the Browns Chiefs because that was when that event was. But um, oh right, as soon as I got back, you know this game started. Was able to watch that and. Uh, yeah, it looked like New Orleans were in pretty good control until that guy got it stripped. Um, yeah. The first big turnover, and then the momentum seemed to change. But uh, I did call the Bucks to win. And, um, <laughs> you and, did. And uh, I just saw the stark difference between, not that Tom Brady was like amazing this game, but at least his arm was like solid. Like yeah. he he was throwing bullets and then he was throwing pretty deep passes as well. It was, yeah. But Drew Brees, it was like he throws the ball more than 15 yards down the field and it's just kind of hanging up there. And, you know, he did get picked off a few times. Yeah, three times. Um, three times, <laughs> yeah. And maybe some of that's due to like the receivers, but – when you look at some of his throws, like the ball was like a helicopter in the air sometimes. And other times it was just kind of hanging there, like not zipped in as uh, maybe some of his throws from years gone by. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely sad for, you know, the Saints fans to see because you know, you had Jameis come in for that trick play and just threw that bomb for the touchdown. <laughs> and then, like, you know, after, like, his second interception, it's like, God, like, do we just put Jameis in real quick? Like, like, why not? Like, it's, you know, I get, I don't know, I get not doing it, but I also am like, you know, clearly this is not working right now. Let's throw Jameis in maybe and see what he can do. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I was a little confused with the James, James play because, um, if, if you see Winston go in there, like as a defense, don't you have to be kind of alarmed that he's maybe going to pass the ball? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I guess I just not, I'm a little confused as to why they didn't kind of see that. Like Winston's in I the game. I don't know. What, they maybe just overthought what was going on maybe they're like oh he's just gonna be a decoy or like i don't know they're just gonna do a normal play 
Yeah. But I'd be thinking like, it, let him be a decoy if they want. Like, I don't care. It, like, let yeah. him try to catch the ball. Like, he's not a receiver, really. So, no. I mean, whatever damage he does, that's that's fair game. But, like, I'd be incredibly suspicious. But, yeah, apparently I, they didn't think about that because no. clearly he just dropped a, a perfect throw to. And the greatest thing about that play was it, it was the identical play that the Bears ran against the Saints the week before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one that they dropped. Which is awesome. Yeah. And uh, so, but yeah, I get, you know, want to hang with Drew the whole game, you know, no matter what game it is. Um, but I think, you know, you pretty much saw like that's, that's probably the end of Drew. Um, I think so. Yeah. As a player in general, not just in New Orleans, but like it's over. Yeah. He's going to die. Yeah. His life is over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um. Shit. It's, so so in the in the modern era, let's just say the last let's say twenty years of since let's say roughly he was a quarterback, where would you rank him? Wow. Mm. That's a good question because he has a lot of number one all time records. Um Yeah. I would definitely put him in the top 10. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would too. I mean, you've got yeah, other, just... other QBs to think about. You got Brett Favre, yep. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Peyton. Brady, Peyton Manning. Uh, what else? Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Joe Montaigne. Yep. Um, I guess those, I mean, those were in the tail end. Yeah, we were talking the last like 20 years or so. Um, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Jake DeLome. <laughs> Jake DeLome. <laughs> the scourge of our existence. Man, I can't, I can't even think of like who would be ahead of him like so that he's not in like the top five really. Yeah. I can't, Especially oh, Ben Roethlisberger's another one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Would you put Philip Rivers in in the conversation of like a top ten QB of this like last twenty twenty five years? Of the last twenty years, yeah, I would. Of all time, probably doesn't make that list, but he, um, I think he's like third or second all time passing yards now. Philip. Yeah, like maybe he's okay, uh, yeah. something like that. And, he could um, be right. I don't know. Um, so he's definitely he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer based on his stats alone. But I think the fact that he never really went deep in the playoffs and never won a Super Bowl yeah. would kind of knock him out of like a top ten of all time. You know, oh yeah, yeah, Philip Rivers. No, sure. no way. Yeah, <clears throat> no. definitely not top ten of all time. Not even close. I, yeah. I'd, I'd even be reticent to to put him in the Hall of Fame in general. Um, but I mean, it might happen. Who knows? Um, but I think I, it, I think he will. But think so. I'm just biased because he went to state. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Russell Wilson, we could put in the conversation yeah. for the for the last twenty twenty five years. Yeah. Oh, definitely, um, he'd be in the top ten. I think. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, Tom Brady won. 
Yeah. I w- would you say would you? S- okay, it's. I mean, if we're if we're including Joe Montana and uh, Dan Marino, are we also including Elway? Oh yeah. Okay, so Brett I'd far of Elway, yeah. So I'd say I guess uh, Montana two for me. Um, this is your all-time list. No, just in the last like twenty-five years. Um, I'm not well, going I, back I think to he like retired like maybe in the eighties. Who's that? Montana. I don't know when he retired because Steve Young took over after. Steve he Young, left. yeah, did take over. Wow, I'm getting well. I don't even know. You, I know. You, I know you, that. Um, I know that um, Dan Marino played into the '90s, like maybe mid, late '90s. I'm looking it up real quick, just because I don't want to be a complete moron when I'm going. If I'm mentioning, okay, now he played. He played into the '90s. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah. So let's say let's say a cutoff of like 1990, roughly. Yeah. My plus or minus a few years. Um, yeah, I'd put uh, Joe Montana as, as number two. I would put uh, Aaron Rodgers as three. I would oh, put shit. I know. <laughs> well, he's got a bunch back. of records too. He's back. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, Aaron Rodgers at number three. Then. I guess probably El Elway. Yeah, I'd, I'd go. I'd go Elway um, as number four. Although that's, mm, yeah, okay. I'll go Elway number four. Even though he has he has three Super Bowls or two Super Bowls. Um, two, yeah. Yeah, it's still better than Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers has a bunch of records and is probably going to win the MVP again um, this year. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'll go Elway as number four, and then I would go, ah, damn, I forgot Peyton Manning. Okay, okay, maybe I would. number one. Yeah, no, he's not my number one. I would put (laughs) Peyton Manning at number, man, fuck Peyton Manning, he's number four. <laughs> it just makes me mad every time I think about 2016. When, Eli is in the conversation. When he got dragged to the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, and then just like just played like garbage. Just absolute Bowl. garbage and he won. Like I yeah, he, he has basically like if Drew Brees, you know, had the the you know Broncos defense this yeah. year. Yeah. So I'd I'd put I'd put Peyton Manning has one and a half Super Bowls. Yep. Okay, fair. but I will put Peyton Manning at number four, Elway at number five. So I'll I'll just stop it at that for those top five. So yeah. Philip River or not Philip Rivers, Drew Brees does not <laughs> enter does not <laughs> enter the top five. I think I'd probably put him maybe at six. Mm-hmm. I'd probably put Drew Brees at six. And then yeah. Brett Lefavre. No, then I'd. Maybe go. Uh, I don't know. No, I, I just yeah. can't rely on Brett Lefavre. Um, so <laughs> I would, I would probably, I'd probably put like Dan Marino or. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, Dan Marino or. 
uh, yeah, Big Ben or so, someone like that. Yeah. How about you? Who's your Who's your top five <laughs> in the last like twenty five or so years? Um, Tom number one, obviously. Happy. Um, yeah. And then I would put Peyton number two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Peyton number two, and then I would put. I'm just trying to th- trying to think of all the teams. Um, think about the Browns. Think about. Yeah. Think about the Jets. Think about yeah. <laughs> the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> um. Don't forget, there's like Russell Wilson, Brett Favre, Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, man, this is tough. I would go Brady, Manning, Rodgers, Marino, then Breeze. Really? You're not even putting Montana in your top five? Are you not? If you you extend it to 80, then yes. If you extend it to... (laughs) I said till about 1990. I mean, he was still playing for the 49ers then. Yeah, but he had Jerry Rice Rice dream. That's that's true. Troy Aikman also, you got to think about three Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. No, I wouldn't change my top five, but... um, yeah, that's, that's Cowboy Troy. Yeah, I'm. I'm also biased against the Cowboys, so that wouldn't that wouldn't really yeah. shock me if I had to. <laughs> if I had to pick between two people, I'd pick whoever was on the other side. Um, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it could change like every day. I could pick a new five. Yeah, true. I mean, reason. I might even put like Pat Mahomes at number five, depending on how I'm feeling. Ah, uh, nah. I mean, he he's 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 just so like young. He just hasn't done anything yet. Like, I mean, obviously, by the end of his career, I, I most likely he's going to be in that conversation. But um, yeah, do you think yeah. he's going to play next week? I do. Yes. Yeah, I think I think the they're going to lean in on the doctors and be like, he's okay, right, doc? He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're going to be like, well, how much are you going to pay me? It, it looked like he got like choked out, like not oh. even like slammed his head. It was I don't know like, what happened to him. Like looking at that replay, he's just like, he doesn't never seems like he hit his head ever. No. And then he just got like up and he was just, just like got, so woozy. The guy had his arm around him and maybe it was just a, a way that he like, the pressure randomly that was applied like yeah. just choked out because his his hand immediately like clenched up like that yeah yeah and that's like sometimes like that happens when you like just go out yeah he was right. clearly out for like five seconds yeah right <laughs> and when he stood up almost fell over again so maybe he just got choked out and he'll be back <laughs> next week and then the bills are going to be in trouble so oh yeah yeah if the if the if he's back for the bills i mean it's i don't think it's it's even going to be close i think they're going to absolutely run all over them which i got i was getting super excited about the browns because i i thought my my prediction was going to end up becoming right there i know it could have it should have been maybe but yeah they 
they just didn't run the ball very well or like very much at all in the beginning, which was just like the biggest shock because you saw their offensive line was just bullying the the Chiefs. And that's exactly what I said was going to happen. I told you, I said their offensive line is huge and they're just so like physical and their running game, like in the second half, they really, yeah, they're so good. Um, And I really thought, and it, I really thought that if they stuck to their run game mostly, for the most part, like 70% run, 30% pass, yeah. they were going to absolutely – I mean, not like destroy the Chiefs, but do really well. Mm. And, yeah, because uh, they keep the ball a lot. and Yeah, yeah, it was just too little too late. But um, And then Chad Henney actually played pretty well, except for that I one know. ridiculous interception that he just like <laughs> chucked it up there. And the <laughs> Browns defender just like picked it off like, okay – thanks <laughs> it's like a punt yeah um did you did you watch any of the ravens game against the bills that was I did, yeah. that was a super intense game even though it was like essentially all defense like i thought it was so physical and so intense the entire time and then um when lamar jackson like threw that interception that was that was devastating. Soul crushing. Oh, soul crushing! Totally. I, know. I was. I wanted the Ravens to win really bad. Because, like, especially when Justin Tucker missed two field goals in a row, it's like, okay, that's bad voodoo. It's yeah. not their day. Yeah, hit that's one goal post, then hit the and other hit goal. The post. other. <laughs> Ridiculous. I mean, it was definitely windy as hell. Yeah. But like, and then Lamar went out. You know, and then yeah. it's just that's definitely game over. But yeah, he, uh, he, I don't know. I feel like he struggled a lot too. He did. Again, the dude, if he can't pass and he yeah. just relies on his running game, it's he's going to struggle. Dimensional, yeah. Because teams expect him to get yards on the ground. But I mean, they're like, I don't know. They almost want him to be like, yeah, we'll give you coverage so like you can feel like you're confident to pass the ball because we know that you're not that great at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So is that, that something you think that he can even get better at? He hasn't, and it's been like it's been a critique for the last two years, and he just hasn't like he yeah. doesn't feel like he's tried to improve on it. So I don't know. I I honestly have no idea. Um. And then there was the Packers game against the Rams, and the Packers were a pleasant surprise. Um, just suddenly, suddenly, once I jump off the bandwagon, they start winning. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, that's you the to secret. Sacrifice yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. win again. Yeah, now I um, <clears throat> that's that's going to be tough. Actually, now, yeah, that was that was. That was a pretty good game. I mean, Aaron, it was very short passes the entire time for both teams. But um, the Rams have, well, statistically at least, I think they had the best defense in the in the nation out of yeah. all the teams. So, I mean, the fact that Rodgers was still able to pass or still get like three touchdowns and then get uh, 300 yards passing is, is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... And then he ran one in too. Yeah. So... So yeah, they, they they look pretty good. Um, so yeah, this kind of brings me to my next question: Is who do you think is going to win in the games this weekend, 
we got Packers versus Buccaneers, and we've mm-hmm. got Bills versus Kansas City. I know you're going Bills, so <laughs> give me your give me your other choice pick. Uh, if, if Mahomes doesn't play, I'm going Bills oh, all yeah? day long. Yeah, yeah. But so would I. If, if he does, and he's you know he feels normal 100, then I'm probably going to stick with the Chiefs because you know they don't have to go to Buffalo and play. Um, it's going to be a home game. And then <clears throat> the Bucks. I just feel like they, I think the Packers are going to win because hmm. you have a quarterback that is like the best, obviously, in the league right now. And then you just played a guy that was like, he could barely throw at 20 yards and was immobile in Drew Brees. Obviously, they took advantage of that and scored and made points out of the turnovers, but you're just not going to get, probably not going to get turnovers against Green Bay. Yeah. And it's not like the Bucks' offense was prolific and then Antonio Brown got injured. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he'll even be there as an option. I imagine he will. Yeah, but Fournette played pretty well. He did, yeah, which was surprising. He just suddenly started playing well. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I know. I just don't see the Buccaneers. I don't know. I, I, I just see the Packers just like easily handling that game. Yeah. I, I, I want it to be close. I want it to be high scoring on both teams. And, like, part of me wants Tom Brady to go to another Super Bowl. So do I. Yeah, so do I. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I mean, I definitely – I just hope it's close for both games. I think it'll be closer in the Chiefs-Bills game. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Because I love Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I think they're just amazing partnership. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I, I have some trepidation because uh, the Packers got obliterated in the regular season by the Bucks. So I don't know. But you brought up the point of like the Bucks played the Drew Brees and the Saints, and like you even mentioned at the beginning, which I agree with. Like at, like when they played against one, it seemed like the Saints were doing pretty well at the beginning. It seemed like they were more in control of the yeah. game. And then they started having turnovers, and then the Bucks took over and felt a lot more comfortable. Um, so obviously the Packers are a lot more dangerous in that regard. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I Also, I feel like the Bucks' defense was – able to capitalize on the fact that they're playing against Drew Brees, who is, like you said, more static and isn't going to jump out of the pocket or anything like that. So yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go, I'll go Packers as well, but uh, I definitely don't, I do think that it could be pretty close though, but I'm not entirely sure. It's going to depend more on the Bucks defense than anything. Um, Mm -hmm. As for the other game, I don't know. I mean, okay, for for scores, like give me give me scores for each game. Yeah. Um well, I want to shout out number 45 on the Bucks, the, their middle linebacker. I can't remember his name, but that dude was all over the place. 
he had the the fumble recovery that turned the game around and he had an interception and he had probably 12 times. I mean, he, this guy was like Luke Keekley reincarnated. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. It was truly an amazing performance and I'd like to find his name so he can actually hear us give him a shout out. Yeah. He'll be happy, but, but for, the, <laughs> for the, um, the, for the bills and chiefs, I would say the chiefs are going to win, uh, 23 to 16. Okay. And then for the Packers, um, Bucks, I would say the Packers are going to win uh, 28 to 21. 28 to 17. Ooh. Okay. I will go Packers over Bucks 28 27. Wow. And I will go Kansas City Chiefs over the Buffalo Bills, assuming that um, Mahomes plays. I'll go 35 to 17. Mm. I think it's going to be pretty sizable because I don't trust the Bills' defense. Did you figure out his name? <laughs> um, let me see here. Don't worry, buddy. We're going to give you some credit. Mm, yeah, and you're going to blow coming. up on social media. Devin White. Devin White. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Got a shout out. Increase in social media presence, Devin. <laughs> yeah. So he he is second year out of LSU. And if you noticed, um he and Leonard Fournette wore their LSU pads underneath. Oh there, no, I didn't uh, notice that. As an homage to being back in Louisiana. Oh. No, I didn't notice that. Let's see here. But yeah, he had 11 tackles last night and then one <laughs> interception. Wow. So pretty good. No, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Man, oh man. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting exciting down to the wire. Yeah, I wouldn't is. be shocked for a Packers Chiefs Super Bowl to gunslingers. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Ooh, I guess I'll reserve my <laughs> Yeah, well, my thoughts on what, how that would turn out. But um, other big news is in the NBA, James Harden moving to the Brooklyn Nets. Kyle, thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Just a few. Here we go. <laughs> uh I just um <laughs> the long sigh. I mean, I kn we knew that he was leaving Houston. Yeah. I remember watching a or at least watching like a little bit of his last game. I didn't know it would be his last game. Yeah. And the dude was literally out there walking around <laughs> and then like in warm-ups he looked like he weighed about 300 pounds. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not that we're fat shaming, folks. No, we would no, never. No. It was all muscle. Um, he, and then, like, he he got the ball at like the top of the key, and nobody was like moving enough for him, so he just threw the ball, like, toward the half half court line, and John Wall had to sprint and get it. Really? And he's just like, "What?" And then, like, after the game. Of course, they got blown out by the Lakers. And yeah. after the game, like, he's like, I don't know. Like, I've done everything I can for the city and this team. Like, it's just like there's just not enough talent on here. Like, I can't win with this team. Yeah. And then, like, DeMarcus Cousins and uh, John Wall were like, you know, screw this dude. Like, he's just completely been a distraction to us. And like we come in, we're we're coming here. It's like nine games in. Like you you can't give up after nine games in the NBA. Like we're genuinely trying to win and like trying to build something here, or else we wouldn't have come to Houston. And so right after that game, he was gone. Yeah, yeah, like, pretty we, soon after. We gotta get rid of this dude. Yeah, he's and a scrub. Like four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he had like an epic game for the Nets. Yeah. Um and it, like don't get me wrong, I don't I think like the Nets are way better because of him in yeah. certain ways. Certain um, ways, yeah. Obviously he's a, an all-star. He's he probably will be till he retires. Um I don't like the how I don't like the way that he plays. I don't you know I can appreciate the fact that he's always going to give you like at least 25 points, but I just don't like how he's kind of changed the, he, I feel like he has changed the game a lot mm -hmm. um, in the way that players like draw fouls, do that Euro step, you know, when they're driving to the basket, not that like, that's a bad thing, but um, he's just, I don't know. He just he gets a lot of cheap fouls for me that result in free throws and that and he's automatic from the line. But you know I just obviously I hate the way that he got himself out of Houston. I feel like it could have been a, a smoother transition. Yeah. Um and I just hate the fact that, you know, he has to feel like he's got to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie in order to win a, a, cha a legitimately win a championship. Um, it's like a win now mentality that a lot of people have. Um, but I'll always love players like Damian Lillard and Dirk Nowitzki and guys like that, that just are like a one team guy. Yeah. Giannis, yeah, he was a great example of that now. Who is like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna at least give it a try with this team. Like if they wanna trade me on their own, like that's fine, but you know, as long as I'm here, I'm all in. Um and there's something that you gotta love about players like that, which sure. is more like you know, like in the eighties, like Larry Bird, he's like, I'm just a Celtic till I die and Magic Johnson, I'm a Laker and you know, Isaiah Thomas with the Pistons and Michael Jordan with the Bulls. And, you know, there's a lot more loyalty back in the day. And I get how appealing it would be to be like, oh, I can play with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And, yeah. You know, we'll basically be guaranteed a ring.
and like LeBron. And so, I mean, it's, I don't know what I would do in that situation. I would like to think that I would be loyal to one team, but you just, you never know. But I feel like the pieces that the Nets had to give away are pieces that are going to be necessary for you deep in a playoff run. Like those, those like secondary characters that are like, you know, your Danny Greens and people like that, that, you know, they're not the stars, but they're going to make these big shots in clutch moments that will kind of carry you to the title. Like, you know, Derek Fisher is a guy like that. And, um, Robert Ory was a guy like that. And I don't know. They just, they gave away their center and then they gave away Karis Levert, who I thought was, is going to be an amazing player, but you want to win right now. So let's go ahead and get James Harden in there. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that, um, which was, I mean, not fortuitous by any means, but Karis Levert now, uh, they found a mass on his kidney, so he's out, like, oh, indefinitely wow, for that. the time being. Yeah, during his Shit. physicals, actually, to join the Pacers, they found a mass on his kidney. So, um, yeah, so he's not going to be playing for a while until I guess uh, they have probably have to biopsy it and see if it's cancer or not. Um, but if it is, like... That would be, I mean, I don't know. It's a weird situation because, like, they would not have found that if he hadn't been traded because they had to do yeah. the physicals. Um, and as soon I, as they got there, yeah. And I always thought like the physicals were like cough for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you're good. Via two max, maybe. Yeah. Then... Let's check your pulse. He's alive. Yeah. All right, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Apparently wow. not. Apparently they, they actually Man, found that something. Sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, I thought that guy's, well, hopefully it's nothing and it can be yeah. taken care of. But, yeah, hope hope for the best because that guy, he's, uh, he's got good potential. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, and to your point about, like, them losing depth, I completely agree. I do think that they're going to lose depth. I, I think the one great thing about having three superstars, like legit superstars, on your team is like if two of them have to go rest, you can at least have one out there um, yeah. playing. And then like if, you know, the two come back in, the one goes goes out. You can't really do that as much when you've got only two superstars. So it's going to be really interesting um, how how things turn out. But, yeah, it's like, you know, the the day that it was announced, the Nets had a game against the Knicks that night, and then everybody was ineligible to play. <laughs> On yeah. the Nets, so they only had like three subs. Yeah. And uh, because Kyrie was out, and yeah. then uh, Kevin Durant just torched the Knicks by himself, like took care <laughs> of it easily. Yeah. Where everybody's like, oh no, they only have three subs. And he's like, you forgot who I was, man. Like, I'm <laughs> clearly he is. In my opinion, he is the man on that team. He's oh yeah, one. oh for sure, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And I would say Harden is number two now. Yeah, I would say so too. Because except in the playoffs, except in the playoffs, I still think Kyrie is going to be a more dominant presence than Harden because Harden just seems to just fall apart in the playoffs. Yeah, he's like great, and I'll be really curious how it turns out with like KD there to take the spotlight of being like the alpha, and then having. 
heart and be able to just kind of feed off of that and have less of the, the, the attention on him. I'm sure he'll play better, but yeah, I agree. Kyrie is an absolute moron and, um, yeah, and that's a, that's a the element of, yeah, the element of having three all-stars on one team is like that could go amazingly well. Like, I don't know. I can't think of another situation where it's been like this high caliber, three all-stars on the same team. Um, you don't think like Golden State well, or yeah, uh, Golden State. Miami? My, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I would say Miami's probably the closest with like Chris Bosh and D Wade and LeBron, but like everybody knew LeBron was number one and they were cool with it. D Wade was number two and then Chris Bosh was just like, he was number three and everybody just knew that that was what it was and they played together and they like, they played to win and then they got Ray Allen when he was old. And that was just like another piece that, you know, that side character that can hit you big shots when other guys aren't firing. But I just feel like, I feel like Harden and uh, Katie and Kyrie all think that they could be the man. Oh, definitely. I just don't see like, I don't see Kyrie especially being like, I, I could see him being like, yeah, I'm I'm the number one guy. Yeah, right. And you're like, no, you're not. No, not even close. You're not. And yeah. then Harden's like, I could see him being like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess Kevin's like the number one option, but like, you know, if I really wanted to, I could be number one. Like, yeah. I could be better than Kevin. Right. <laughs> you just never know. You just don't know what you're going to get, especially with Kyrie, but even with James Harden too. Yeah. Yeah. KD, I feel like he just knows deep down and he's just going to like plow ahead kind of, but even he was a kind of a baby back bitch at Golden State too. <laughs> he was. <laughs> so you just never know with these three guys, like with all the other players, like on the superstar teams, like <clears throat> when the Celtics had, Pierce, Garnett, and Allen, like at least they were all, you know, different positions and they just, they just made it work, you know. Um, Well, Kyrie even gave LeBron issues when it was Kevin Love, LeBron, and Kyrie. Yeah, he's a head case. I can't stand that guy. I cannot stand him. I think, I think partially why the Nets were like, let's just go ahead and get hardened now is because they're like, we honestly don't know if we're going to have Kyrie, whether he wants to just sit out for God knows why, or yeah. if we're just like, screw you, you're gone. Yeah. Which I would have done that. I would have done that already. If I was the owner of the Nets, I'd be like, get this fucker out of here now. We're keeping Levert. We're keeping, you know, maybe one other guy, but you're uh-huh. gone. Yeah. Whoever wants him, just take him. Who would you, you know? who would you want in place of Kyrie? <clears throat> like, let's say you were to trade Kyrie. As a point guard, I don't know. I would honestly take like Dennis Schroeder over that guy. 
<laughs> I swear I would. I swear. Straight up uh, trade, because, folks. Because because he just is a team guy and he hustles and he's always going to give you a hundred percent. Yeah. And he's going to give you some sort of contribution. Just anybody. Give me any starting point guard over him. I don't care who it is. If you got James Harden and Kevin Durant on your team, you're going to be successful and you're going to get better. Like, so I don't know. Yeah. I you mean, know, I would have, I would take freaking uh, Kemba Walker over him. I would say Kemba because Kemba's been like hurt a lot of late. Um, <clears throat> although I'll tell you what would be a really interesting uh, and actually pretty fair trade would be Drew Holiday from Milwaukee going mm. to uh, going to um, the Nets and then Milwaukee getting Kyrie because Giannis is never going to be like a leader. He's always going to be a great superstar, but he's never going to be like, he's never going to be able to get them over the hump because he just doesn't seem to like improve his game that much. Like he's great at what he does and he's like Lamar Jackson. Actually, I heard this on Undisputed just today. Um, <clears throat> Shannon Sharp was saying, you know who Lamar Jackson reminds me of? Giannis, because they have like, they're great at this one thing but they don't try and improve on that one thing and try to get mm -hmm. multidimensional. So like Drew Holiday obviously isn't as good as Kyrie, but he's re he's a really good player. He scores like 20, 25 points a game. So you get him, who's he's far more of a team player than Kyrie. You then eliminate the dominance thing with uh, Harden and KD and all that. You still get a great player. You can definitely do a lot of damage in the playoffs. And then Milwaukee then gets a... Uh, like an, uh, a leader. Well, the thing is, uh, though, that Kyrie isn't really a leader. He's just kind of an alpha yeah. guy. So mm. that's it's it's a risk for sure. Like in in any situation, Kyrie is a risk because of the fact that he's just he's a he, head case. Yeah, he's, he could he'll fly he could just off leave. the handle at any moment. Yeah, he'll leave without actually giving anybody in the Nets organization <laughs> any notice. I know that's actually. nuts. That's nuts. Like. And he started off the season like saying, like, we don't need a coach. Yeah, yeah. Like, the dude is just so out of touch and up his own ass that yeah. I just would not have him. And he might be the best talent, like the most talented point guard in the whole league. He might have the most skill and talent, but I still wouldn't want him yeah. just because of that potential locker room disruption just the focus is now on him what's he doing he's partying at this thing without yeah, a yeah, mask yeah. he's right. he's on this webex call with like the da of new york city he's right. like he's not responding while to the they're Nets. in a game while they're in a game yeah he's, <laughs> he's not basketball clearly is not the priority for him no right now that is and, scary and that's yeah. fine yeah that, that's fine if you want to if you want to use your platform to you know make your voice heard about whatever issue you want to do that's fine that's great like that's why you have that but you know you're just you're taking away from your organization's ability to progress in the way that they need to and you're giving the fans a shitty experience um 
and you're just not all in on something that you're getting paid almost half a million dollars a game for. So if you can't, if you're not all in, then don't be all in, like do your thing and that's fine. Go, yeah. go be somebody, go be a politician or go walk off the edge of the earth, be. Kyrie. Damn. Yeah. Dude. Go flatter. Yeah. Go to the ice wall, <laughs> climb that ice wall. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> But, you know, this, these antics will not be tolerated in my organization. That's what I would say. <laughs> this like isn't New Jersey. Re- yeah. Personal this is reasons, Brooklyn. my ass. Yeah. Yeah, this is Brooklyn. Like, we don't mess around in Brooklyn. Like, this, these people do not want to see a drama queen come in and try to, you know, take all the focus off of what we're actually trying to do, which is play basketball at the end of the day. So if you don't want to be a part of that, I understand. Like you, you feel strongly about certain things. That's fine. But, you know, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I do wonder if they'd end up trading him just because of all that. But I think the trade deadline is, I think, in like February or something like that. So they don't have a whole lot of time. No. It's right before all clearly break, James Harden can play point guard. I mean he can oh, play yeah. Yeah, yeah. a lot of positions, but yeah, and then you saw when he's his first game, like they just freaking dominated. So Yeah. And with James Harden having nine turnovers, which as he gets more used to those teammates and stuff, he'll he'll bring that down. So like yeah, they're gonna do great. Obviously you don't wanna just like let Kyrie go for free. Um It'd yeah. be great I mean, you if could they get could get someone. Yeah. Like if they if they moved Harden to the point guard, they had KD at the three at the small forward position, and then they got like a big man because I'll be honest, I'm not like so far I have not been impressed with Lamarcus Aldridge. Um, they kept him, and he's just like he played like twenty something minutes in the last game and did just about nothing. He's on the Nets now. He's been on the Nets for a long time. I thought he was on the Spurs. No, oh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Hold on, I'm getting confused. Deon, uh, DeAndre Jordan. That... Sorry, DeAndre oh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, Lamarcus Aldridge is is on yeah. the Spurs, and he's. I don't know if that was a part of the trade. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Thanks for the correction. No, that's that's right. DeAndre Jordan has been unimpressive. Oh, yes. So he played yes. like twenty something minutes. And he just like did about nothing, and he just continues to do just about nothing. Like he's not, he's not like he used to be. So no, I don't his, know. His gas tank is not as full as it once was, and yeah, I mean, yeah. So like yeah, I would like get could, a different player, he could get a rebound and stuff, and give you some blocks. But like, can he contribute on the scoring end? Right. Yeah. Probably not as much as even that guy Jared Allen, who they traded away. That young exact, guy exactly. Is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I would have kept him. To be. I would have kept him, and then if you get rid of Kyrie, and get not even another point guard necessarily, like you could even get like a agile big man, or you could get um, somebody for the, a shooting guard or something like that. You know. Then did Jared I think Allen be... go to Cleveland? Is that where he went? The Cavs. I forgot what the fourth team was. If that was the fourth team, then yeah, I think yeah, I, think I think that's that where he went. Just yeah, Jarrett Jarrett Allen, and uh, looking up shooting guards in the yeah he's NBA. on the Cavs. 
Oh, good. So I'm sure he's have, happy. <laughs> yeah, well, now they have Andre Drummond him, oh, and Kevin snap. Love. Three seven-footers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Cleveland wants all the centers, but. That's their new strategy. Just, <laughs> just yeah. get all the centers and nobody else can have any. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess you could get somebody like um uh well they have I think they I don't know if they still have Spencer Dinwiddie. Did they did they trade him? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so they need somebody new for the for the three position. I don't know, Lou Williams. Uh, well, they got rid of Karis Silvert. Yeah, Drew Holiday would just be so good. Like, he's been playing point guard. Imagine if they could get, like, maybe Jalen Brown for oh for Kyrie. Although, they like, Celtics don't want Kyrie back. <laughs> no. That would be... And, and Jalen Brown's their best player. So they would not. I think yeah. he. I mean, a lot of people probably think Tatum is. I think he could. He could be. He might be. Yeah. Eventually, but the way Jalen Brown has played since the last playoffs to now, he's been the number one guy. Yeah. And I would never give him up for Kyrie, but yeah. you never know what people will do. Yeah. I was gonna say Chris Middleton, but like I don't think the Bucks would get rid of him because he's their second best player. Yeah. Victor Oladipo, Donovan Mitchell. Oh shit! Oh, that's that would be option. interesting. That would be super interesting. Donovan yeah. Mitchell going to the <laughs> Nets. I would be all in on the Nets at that point. Oh like, yeah, as far as getting at least getting to the finals. Devin Booker. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah. That's, that's finals. That's. Yeah, that's what I would go with. Either I think he just signed like the biggest deal for the Suns. I don't know if that could be void. I don't know how things work. I guess. <laughs> hey, Devin, we're going to void your contract. <laughs> yeah, he would not get paid as much in the Nets. I'm sure. Probably he's not. One of those guys that's that like he's like I guess I'll just stay with the Suns because they're going to pay me an insane amount of money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but yeah well, I agree with him or Donovan Mitchell or even the guy from uh, the Nuggets, um, Murray. Oh, yeah, Murray. Yeah. Would work too. But yeah. Or if they got way. Jokic, that would work. That yeah, would work. As a center, yeah. Yeah, and then just put Harden at the one or just get yeah. like someone else at the one. Like it doesn't have to be a superstar. Yep. Well, there we go, folks. We just solved all of the NBA's problems, and we got rid of Kyrie Irving. Easily. Easily. <laughs> Call us if uh, you you want us to be your NBA's manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, Devin Booker just signed a five-year, one million dollar contract. I know they paid closed. a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Uh, no. <laughs> He signed five years, a hundred and fifty-eight million. <laughs> Dude, I wonder what it feels like to sign a contract like that. 
Like just sign here, five years, you'll have made $158 million. Sure. Yeah, whatever, sure. <laughs> wonder how you celebrate that. that. <laughs> yeah, is that it? Can I go back to, go back to practice? <laughs> yeah, that's like Jason Tatum. Um, his contract was huge recently, and they were like, what did you do to celebrate? And he's like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, dude he's like, you... i don't really spend in, i don't spend my nba money at all i only spend my uh what's it called endorsement money oh yeah that's good man oh man that would be so <laughs> incredible insane. yeah that's like you retire and then like you have like you know 400 million dollars just sitting there yeah yeah well yeah and by that time like by the time you're if you like 45, in, 50, then you're like a billionaire. Right. <laughs> yeah. If you invest it like in this guy that um, played for Arsenal, like he was a good player, like never like an all-star, but like a good guy, like in the midfield, this guy, Mathieu Flamini. Uh, I think he played, he got like some caps for France too, but um, he invested his money in like this these tech companies like, you know, back in the early two thousands and like started his own firm afterwards. But now he's like a billionaire and they're like, this guy's a billionaire. Now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. It really is. Oh man. All right. Well, that's all I got to talk about. Let's see. You had something else on your mind. No, I just, uh, I saw that um, to go off on more NBA stuff. There's a documentary on Tony Parker uh, <laughs> on Netflix now. Okay, I didn't and know that. It's very good. It's Is very it? good. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty cool. He's a he's a cool guy. Uh, Zidane is in it. Henri's in it a lot because they're like really good friends. And uh, he's like just talking about, you know, d different parts of his career and um, Kobe's in it. Um, talking about like, yeah, I would have had more. I would have won more titles if it was not for Tony Parker. <laughs> I would have had more NBA championships. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like boris diaw and um yeah. rudy gobert and all the french players now are like yeah he was basically my hero <laughs> growing up and um kind of what he's what tony parker's doing now like he owns like a team in france like a pro team in france and um he's still doing a lot of stuff like kind of behind the scenes now mm -hmm. but it's a cool it's a good documentary cool well uh, we'll check that out one day when I have Netflix again. Um, just as a quick final note, is Joe Biden going to get assassinated on Wednesday? Go, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> no, but he might die of a heart attack. Okay, there we go. There's our morbid <laughs> end to our show. We hope the inauguration goes well. Yes, yes. It's only two days away, so hopefully we'll make it. Hopefully we'll transition and uh, keep moving on. Get the and, uh, orange thing slinking out the back. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> he, he won't show his face for years, I'm sure. No, no, until he's called to court. 
Yeah. <laughs> could be. Could leave the country soon. Yep. But anyways, let us know what your thoughts are on what's going to happen to Uncle Joe. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> See ya.